0: Hello,
1: uh, check one, check two, I'll be recording, 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 recording. Good day earthlings, worst beings, and everything in between. Do not adjust your radio dials for at least 84 miles. You are now tuned into perspectives. Welcome to episode one. I'm glad you've arrived. There's no place I would rather be. I'm your host, jack of all trades, master of a few, Joey Doola. Joining us on this journey through space and time are two of my brothers in harm, two comrades of the bomb raps, the undisputed master of the scientific process. Give it up for Izzy the Lion.
0: That's right, that's right, that's right. What's up? Good morning to everybody listening out right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last but not least, the brilliant, most eloquent wordsmith to ever serve kids' tourniquets and burn kits a verses, Roman Flux. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, you heard right. Word is an affirmation
1: how we it, fellas
2: we're doing pretty good, good man. How man? How you doing?
1: hell yeah it's good to be with y'all on a, on a little sunday morning that's what we're doing mm-hmm. by the way folks uh t- you know today we got an excellent episode episode one i'm hella excited we are interviewing the incomparable christian ortiz musician photographer social media marketing mogul and all-around <laughs> great freaking guy that interview will be coming up later uh, but right now, I mean, I think we just we need to talk. We need to get into what's good this week, guys. What's good? Yes. Tell yes, me something yes. good. All
0: right. I um, you know, I, I just recently moved out here to Arizona. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying I'm from Georgia, so uh, yeah, shout, shout out to the south, both mm-hmm. <laughs> both south. Mm-hmm. But um, this weekend, past weekend, I took my boys to a uh, Native American reservation. It's the reservation of the Tohono O'odham people. And, um, took them out there, um just to be able to see the land, see the scenery, you know, it's um for the most part untouched, so they got used they got to be able to see a lot of things they wouldn't normally see um got used to the idea of like free range animals, free range cattle and stuff. Yeah. my older son, he's interested in agriculture and shit, so he's that shit blew his mind, you know,
1: yeah, 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 and when you say older son um, well he's twelve, right? Yeah, well uh eleven. Eleven right now, we'll be twelve. Yeah. Agriculture. Sounds like you're doing a good job, Pop.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the agriculture, sustainability. So he's like, Oh, this way the cattle can roam free and you know, like live better lives and you know, have eat, eat a variety of different stuff. I'm like, Exactly, bro. Exactly. That's crazy. They can do all that shit. That's crazy. But um yeah, we took them out there. I was supposed to go and get um burritos native american burritos from this place called Bethos, but uh, they weren't open and so um we we didn't want to be disrespectful and just be you know walking around the res and shit like all of them you know you don't want to do all that right, right but um you know we, we just wanted to go there and spend a little bread, eat some good food but next time we're going to the, to the cultural museum on the other side of the res so it's a little bit longer drive but um museum is filled with like their art pottery um pictographs you know they got stuff from prehistory preserved mm-hmm. so um super super dope um great for kids you know yeah we took them out there for a bit of for a bit of culture and shit
1: those, yeah those family excursions man those are those are always nice man but you can take mm-hmm. the kids and see the wonder in their eyes and, like the excitement man that's always good stuff man
0: i think um the dopest part about it that uh, that I think they liked is um, we took this role called Aho Way. And um, back in the day, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., he came in, uh, to Tucson and he gave a speech. After the speech, they were like, yo, do you want to go and meet the Native Americans? They live about an hour and a half away. He was like, fuck yeah, I want to go meet them. Hell yeah. So the the same role he took is the same role we took going to meet this same group of people yeah. and um out here in the desert we got these big saguaros that live 200 years plus you know what's so the these big, are the same a, what's, a saguaro? what's what is that a saguaro uh, so saguaro is the um the, the giant cactus the one with the arms sticking up it looks like a grown oh, man right, 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 right. <laughs> so like yeah so these things grow up to like 30 feet bro 30 feet grow as many as like 30 40 arms and they live 200 years That's and so guy, it don't. It dawns on my oldest one that the same Saguaro's that we're looking at now are the same ones that MLK looked at, and it just blew his fucking mind, you know. That's lovely, man. That's lovely. Yeah.
1: Flux, Flux. What up? What up? Where you at? Yes, yeah, sir. You didn't fall asleep, did you?
2: Uh, no, 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 man. <laughs> <You're taking naps laughs> no, man it is early podcast,
1: though. Cast, bro. You can't be taking naps.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I'm. Good, I'm, I'm here. Um. Yeah. So this past weekend, um. I set foot on uh, California soil for the first time, right? I'd, mm-hmm. never, uh, I'd never traveled to California. Uh, me and my girl went over there, um, had a little bit of fun at Universal. But also, um, just like, uh, we stayed at this uh, nifty little hotel in um, Burbank. Mm. And it was like, uh, you know, stone's throw from like Hollywood, all the studios, all the different various studios. Oh, shit, um, okay. Just, uh, just kind of like... Uh, yeah, getting in that mindset. It was funny cuz I commented I commented to her later on the way uh on the way back cuz I I was, you know, bringing stuff to there was going to be some layovers or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and so I bought some reading material mm-hmm. and I'm reading um and I'm reading Once Upon a Time in It didn't even dawn on me that I'm reading Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as I'm visiting like Hollywood for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so it was a uh, I, I didn't. What? Know,
1: I I was under the impression you said Universal Studios. I was under the impression yes. you were in Orlando.
2: No, 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 no. I didn't know you were coming I, to Cali, bro. Yeah, yeah. Had I yeah, known I, you I were was,
1: coming to Cali, I would have made it down there to say what's up at least for a day. I'd have come down. Well, and like, yeah.
2: It was a, it was a tight it was a tight crunch. Um, okay. You know the 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 theme park and the flights. Um, the flights kept changing, Yeah, you know, yeah. like well, you know, the company. You L- know, L.A. Was... is just a
1: stone's throw from Oakland, man. It's not It's not that far, bro. Like, you,
2: I can make Next time, for yeah, sure, next know, time. Uh, let me know, Pop up. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll pop up. I wasn't trying to dodge you, you know, it was just, uh, uh, just yeah, yeah, a tight yeah. move, I'm, sure, I'm sure you weren't. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so on the way back in um, Vegas, and I set foot on oh, Vegas nice. for the first moment, and I even put a couple of dollars in a machine and gambled. That doesn't oh, count. time ever in Vegas. Oh, yeah. like, no, it don't count as gambling. the kind That don't count it, it, it it They have the casinos the inside airport, the
0: airport. <laughs> <That don't count. laughs> oh, Oh, fuck. Yeah. No, it's it, like it, in the airport.
1: That's like saying I spent some time in Vegas. No, you
0: didn't.
2: <laughs> 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 no, I get it. I um, so Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I got to visit uh, California for the first time. And that was pretty okay. uh pretty amazing. Yeah. You know? So yeah, y'all went for the for the
0: purpose of going to Universal Studios? Yes.
2: Yes. Damn, I'm that's up. up, man. Um yeah. what is it? Hogwarts world. <laughs> world of Wizards. Oh, she's about that. Oh there. hell yeah. She's
1: about that, huh? So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't know how I, yeah. All right. We ain't, we ain't gonna talk about JK. About we about JK. We gonna talk about JK Rowling right now. We're not gonna. Oh, uh, we're not about JK. Nah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother, You know, we're gonna yeah. get into the, the transphobia and I don't, I don't.
0: Yeah. we
2: will yeah. say that for another episode.
1: <laughs> so um,
2: <laughs> there's so I, much to to unravel. There. Go ahead. No,
1: it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack, and I just I don't think we got time for it on this one.
2: <laughs> um, no. What we What were we about to get into?
1: Oh no no I was just going. So I was just going to say, man, I had a three day weekend and I've been prepping for this pod, man, and I'm so damn excited that we're in episode one, man. I mean, that's the two things for the week, man. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. just, I'm elated yeah.
0: right now, dude. I'm We've been talking mood. about it. we fucking doing this shit. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah.
2: And it's as easy as that. That's it. But not really. It's happening. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, man.
1: But yeah, so, uh,. I guess we could go ahead and get into some current events. I got a, I got a story for you guys. So I just read this week. Uh, there was a reporter named John Broadkin, right? He broke this story. Yeah. Um, in Ars Technica, um, it was also uh, it was also published in Wired magazine and The Guardian also covered this. Um, mm, all right. The Brennan Center um, just recently sued the LAPD and through the uh, Freedom of Information Act. The LAPD had to release a 6,000-page report, right? Um, and it seems, though, you know, in the 6,000-page report, it seems as if they have been collecting social media information from detainees since as early as 2015, right? Mm. Um, it being like. very intrusive, you know, having people yeah. write down their social media handles on field interview cards, right? And now, I mean, that oh. doesn't, but that didn't seem too... Too bad, right? I mean, with the cops gonna right. go and they gonna look at your your social media, but it gets worse because they're actually loading this information into Palantir. Do y'all know what Palantir is? Y'all heard of Palantir?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so but it, explain it. Explain it's right for, it for, for the listeners for who the listeners has, right who out Palantir is the company that actually found quote unquote found Osama bin Laden, right?
2: oh uh, okay yeah, <laughs> so
1: they use facial recognition software and analytics and very sophisticated uh, okay surveillance. I got
2: you got you yeah
1: very sophisticated mm-hmm. surveillance to find people and to locate people um, and they're loading this information into Palantir right um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and by just looking at your social media the timestamps of the photographs um, they're using analytics and they could tell where you've been
2: right, right. map out everything yeah when yeah where you frequent there. you know your routine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really some nineteen it's really some nineteen eighty four stuff. I was gonna ask you, um yep. uh you know, they're 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 provide they're they're asking the prisoners to or um detainees, detainees. to provide not, this information. Not
1: even anybody has been convicted of anything, just right. detainees. Right. Okay, so that's, up to see, you that's on the street too. And detain you, right? For right. no reason yeah. already, right? And then they're asking for your right. social media information, right?
2: And and, and yeah. when they're asking for this information, um are they do they have to give it? Give the information? No, no, no. and
1: that's the cold part. Most people that are giving this information to these officers don't know that it is their right to not relinquish this right. information, right? They
2: that's
0: do. where we fuck up the most, that's not, knowing, not it, knowing your fucking rights.
2: It's the rights. same story told in a new age of information that, mm-hmm. they, that they've been doing for years and years and years Yep. Uh, with regard to, like, not knowing that you can just be, like, lawyer. No. You know what and I'm saying? And I need my lawyer. Shit
1: is, like, cops can lie all the fuck they want. Like, they don't have yep. to tell the truth to you. They can, yeah, yeah legally, they can, tell they you can lie. Yeah, some bullshit story and have you scared and, oh, oh okay, yeah, this is, you it's know. It's strange. We did rob the grocery store and,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's strange <laughs> to me, know? it's strange to me how much of, um, how much, how much of a great deal of integrity we put on them in terms of, like, um, trial. Like, if they show up in trial, right. oh, and a cop, puts the testimony down it's like oh well we got to rely on this oh, it's the gospel truth, when right? when 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 he steps out of the courtroom day in and day out um you know i mean even if we agree with it day in and day out his um his job is going to require him to lie mm-hmm. you know yeah. that's his, his his day-to-day experience mm-hmm. so it's 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 just interesting that somebody who we ask to lie you know what i mean mm-hmm. as a community Why? as a society day in and day out then we turn around and, and put so much stock in their word. It really, uh, it's kind of, uh, I mean, mm. it's, it's about as oxymoronic as a lot of this. Is, well, you can't trust <laughs> them.
1: You can't trust them. You know that, right? I mean, that's that's off topic, yeah. right. They're gonna lie to you, right? They
2: never enjoy... talk to police
0: nah, ever. No,
1: nah. <laughs> you can
0: you, you <laughs> cannot talk your way out of going to jail, but you can talk your way into some more bullshit. Yeah, never so cool. fucking talk to police. Yes, don't ever talk.
2: I never you. under. I never understood the concept of, uh, oh, you just you don't want to ask for a lawyer because then you're, uh, a, you know, a rising suspicion. Why does this? Going? It's because, you know, they target anyone and everyone. And it's not just yeah. it's not just a matter of like being malicious. Sometimes it's just about paperwork. It's like, oh, shoot, we got seven murders on the dock today. If we could clear five of them off, you know. Mm -hmm. Then That's like moving forward because we we've got so many cases (laughs) we have to get some so show that we're accomplishing something here So any any person it doesn't matter if they get the right person any person, you know looks good on their books, Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, the cold the cold part is um, Within this report, they actually found that a lot of officers were falsifying info um, Entering Mm. entering information that was uh, that was not
0: true, right? And, uh, mm. and, and yeah, and, just like Flux just said,
2: right? That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, um,
1: and they're using a new program called Media Sonar, which actually does the same thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. So, they're, uh, so the cops are actually, this is a new thing, too, right? They're catfishing people on social media, right? Pretending to be somebody else, to yeah, be, yeah. To, to catch people in, in the midst of doing crimes, whether they're selling something, whether they're doing something illegal, whatever you know, whatever the case may be. But th- the worst part about this uh this catfishing is it's not considered uh official undercover work. So they need zero mm. supervision. They don't need any approval from any kind of supervisor, right? They're just out there yeah. just freelancing this shit, right? Yeah. Just doing it, saying whatever the hell they want just so they can make right. quota right and that's what it's really and, and there's
0: and there's no protocol for that there's nope. no laws there's nope. no wow, nope. just a, a total nope. new front it hasn't it hasn't new been upgraded since the,
1: since the internet came right none of these laws have been right. upgraded, right so we're we're on a, we're on a whole yeah a whole new playing field and nobody knows the rules because there are none yet yep. right we're playing a whole different sport right now um yeah and and they're also they they're weaponizing um this mm. this this social media shit against uh, right Activists are people that oppose police violence, right? So it's, 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 that's it's what I was weapon. just trying to say. It's a weapon, right, that's being used, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. FTP, all day long, if y'all had um, well, any doubt as to where I stand on it, <laughs> FTP, right.
0: FTP. Right. starting
1: this
2: podcast, i strong. Yeah, no, no, we do it. We, do it <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't fuck with police. <laughs> <I> said, we <laughs> don't talk to them. But it's like, it, it makes me think of... Technology, you know, because it's just technology. Mm. It's just new technology and right. the evolution of manipulation. Mm. Uh, but, but it, it frustrates me because when I first heard the idea of, oh, you know, um, anything that um, advances in science and technology mm-hmm. will be turned into a weapon. Oh, absolutely. Will be right. used as a weapon. Yeah. Um, when I learned that in my youth, I, you know, I was thinking of, uh, you know, how to turn things into fancy guns and stuff um then i learned about biological warfare and i was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh this is even deeper than that yep. and now yeah. when we are seeing in the digital realm it's it just goes to show that it, it doesn't matter you know what way knowledge is put out there you know what i'm saying they're going to take it and they're going to manipulate it in some way to um to utilize it against you Absolutely. it's 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 kind of like the old adage <laughs> that um, technology was going to save us oh you know uh if we just keep on building technology there will come a point where you know your everyday american will not have to work because technology will do the work for you so we'll just be taken care of and the technology will create an abundance and we'll all be we'll all have great food we'll just be like hey give me a you know a martini or whatever boom there's a martini (laughs) there just like star trek right but the thing is is that technology doesn't save us because technology is in is in the hands of the industry which then um you know, becomes uh, manipulated for the sake of uh, power.
1: So this story specifically reminds me of. Have you guys seen Minority Report?
0: Yes. Oh, with their uh, preemptively recently. solving yes, crimes. Yes. Mm. Oh yeah, that's what you're
1: saying. Getting arrested for shit they haven't actually done yet.
0: Right? Yeah, thought crimes, just it's like ni- just like you said, 1984. Thought yep. crimes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, dystopian. Yes, yes that
2: you haven't even done. Yeah. Thought criminal. Yeah, now this, uh, this, yeah, this company,
1: man. Palantir, this is, this is funny because about, I think it was maybe, it was the end of the last year, somebody gave me a hot stock tip for Palantir. Mm. And I researched mm. what they did and I really didn't have a good feeling about buying stock in Palantir.
0: And yeah. I mean, now
1: now I'm reading this story and I'm glad I didn't,
0: brother. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> you know Because wow. we don't fuck with police.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like it's like um it's so crazy to think of trying to trying to put your money out there and and you know, reap rewards and not getting it tainted, you know.
1: Hey, but shout out to uh, John John Brocken um for, for this uh, for this information and the reporting.
2: So we were talking. We, were, we Izzy was about to start talking about the world.
0: Mm. Yeah, man. Um, I, in case you fellas didn't know, anybody who's listening didn't know. Um, oh, about ten days ago, so, yeah, September 16, uh, North Korea fired two ballistic missiles. They fired them from a train, and they hit a target 500 miles away into the sea of Japan, which is uh, a little east of. Korean Peninsula. So, um, yeah, they fired they up two ballistic missiles, and that's significant because North Korea, of course, is not supposed to, you know, quote-unquote, not supposed to be making ballistic missiles. Uh, cruise missiles are fine, not ballistic missiles. And mm-hmm. that target that they hit 500 miles away was in Japan's territory, mm-hmm. you know, in Japanese waters. So, um, later on that day, South Korea... Successfully launched their very first submarine submarine-launched missile. Oh crap! Right later on that day, in the, in the same place in the Sea of Japan, and I don't think that I don't think their target uh, landed in the um, in Japanese waters. But you have Japan, North Korea, South Korea, and China right there. All you know, and all this big display of power. Yeah,
1: so, and, the, so this launch from the from the submarines is most certainly a response to the to the ballistic missiles fired. By oh, ab-
0: absolutely, right. absolutely, wow.
2: Also, oh, wait, so also oh, the so the South Koreans were doing that as a response. You said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. Wow, I don't even I don't even know what it's. It, I'm just hearing you say. Go ahead.
1: I'm surprised. I haven't heard anything about this.
2: Yeah, it's really? it's amazing to me and and the you know of everything that you said just now I think the words that just like shook me the most uh, was when you said display of power It just kind of reminds yeah. me of in my youth when um, you know when I was first uh, wrap my head around the notion of like When they I was taught. Oh, we dropped a bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki We dropped a bombs on there, atomic bombs. Why do we do this to display our power? Right. and uh they were saying that you know it wasn't about oh yeah killing you know a whole bunch of innocent people right you know right. Was like, oh, we're just going to kill a whole bunch of innocent people but we had to do it to show them you know it ended the war quicker that was the argument it ended the war quicker you know and, and you know i mean nowadays we know all this is a whole bunch of bullshit wrapped around bullshit but it's like um the idea of a display of power yeah, in right. in mm-hmm. my youth i was just like wow to think yeah. that we like, because you know, you learn about history, and there was a time when you know, display of power meant you know, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking bring bow, we're gonna bring bow and arrows against you, we're gonna bring some swords against you, you know, and mm-hmm. those, those empires that were built during those times, no matter how corrupt, you knew they were gonna fall, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and probably before they destroyed the world. But when we started bringing nuclear weapons into the into the into the game, right, it just, we have it changed everything up, everything. and 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 you you look at these sloppy, you know, countries, and I'm not talking about like other countries. I'm talking about America too. I'm talking about you know the the, the greatest countries in the world, if you will, but you yeah. know, sloppy, you know, <laughs> societies that are just, you know, what I mean. Well, what, what, like, what, like, say, like,
1: what does it say about our society that 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 um? our idea of a display of power is how much we can destroy. Like, Mm -hmm. what what can we blow up? Like, how many people can we kill? I mean, it's no wonder... It's no wonder that aliens haven't come down already and been like, yo, here's a cure for cancer.
0: You know, they don't wanna right. fuck with us. they look at what we do on right. our planet. And they like, what right. A right? how guys? can we weaponize the cure for cancer? That's yeah, that's gonna be the that's
1: first thing. Exactly. Part. How can we weaponize <laughs> right? the very first thing? How can we do that,
2: right? They're like Jeez. they're like cure for AIDS, AIDS was the weapon. What are you oh, talking we're about? End,
3: oh, we're ending <laughs>
1: hunger? <laughs> we're ending hunger for good? No, no one no one's threatened to death how can yeah. we hurt them with this
2: yeah but, you know, <laughs> and, and, and i think that i think that everything that we're, we're 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 laughing about in in terms of uh the irony of them you know uh weaponizing the cure for cancer weaponizing the cure for aids or homelessness hunger it's like these things are um tools homelessness right. hunger these are tools yeah. Yeah, to keep you, in check, you know so it's like to keep you in check you know the idea has never been to cure them you know what i mean it's always been to utilize
1: well fellas i think it's about time for us to get into our uh, our interview um coming up right, next we right. have uh, we've got christian ortiz uh you guys know him, mod atlas media um, social media marketing mogul self-made man entrepreneur musician um actor now, you know, you know he's got a film. Right? Oh, nice. Yeah. Right? He's got a film out, producer, director, all that, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we're going to get into it with him, and uh, we'll be back, the three of us will be back um, after this short break, so stay tuned, guys. Welcome back, people. This is Joey Dula. Uh, today, we have our very first guest, the incomparable Christian Ortiz. I'm sure you've heard of him. He's the CEO of Mod Atlas Media. He's a photographer. He's a musician. He's a jack of all trades, and I, you know what? Shit, he's a master of all.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, buddy
1: Christian, it's great to have you, my guy. How are you doing, bro?
3: Man, it's so fantastic being here, brother. I'm doing very, very well. Thank you so much for having me, dude.
1: Yeah, man, it's good to hear from you, brother. Good to hear from you, brother. So uh, we, so we met through, uh, we met through your brother. Um, some years back, uh, we were living in Columbus, Georgia, around, what, 2009, I think, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, and you were uh, you were doing music at the time, right?
3: Yeah, um, we were neighbors.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were neighbors, we were neighbors. Your boy was hella young, he was really small, and I remember him <laughs> running around, man, and yeah, he's a, he's a cute kid, man, he's grown up, he's
3: grown up quite a bit. but uh, Yeah, man, he's 14, first year in high school. Yeah, wow. They they grow up so we're, fast, bro. We're officially old, bro.
1: No, we're not no, we don't say that word on this podcast. We don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're right. Look. Old is a state of mind, my man. Delete it. Delete. Okay. It. No, you're absolutely okay. right. I'm not editing that. That's gonna stay in there. Um, so you were <laughs> you were doing music at the time. Was it was it modest roots at the time? Tell me about that.
3: Yeah, so when I started it, it actually was the Christian Ortiz Project, which sounded horrible to me. Okay. Um, And then I eventually changed it to Cage the Elephant. But um, at the time, uh, Cage the Elephant had uh, just broken out. Mm Mm-hmm. And They had asked me to change the name on myspace. That's how far back that was
1: uh, So it was another band named cage the elephant is what you're saying? Yeah, and they
3: actually uh, are doing beyond well They also had the money to be, be a very successful band So uh-huh. they reached out and they were like, can you change your name? And I was like, yeah I guess back to the Christian Ortiz project. I guess right 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 and then uh, my music actually took off in. um It hit the independent charts in the UK in 2010, and uh, I had an article written about me um, by Paul Bond. He was the editor uh, of the London Post, and he wrote an article about my first album, which was My Inner Struggle. And he said something that was like, uh, you know, Christian Ortiz is modest to his roots. And that phrase just really resonated for me because I was really trying to stay true to, you know, the music that I grew up on, which was the alternative 80s, 90s. Yeah. Uh, sound and so modest roots was just it was born at yeah. that very moment.
1: That's my jam There's something about that alternative like 80s and
3: 90s. It's got so much passion and like so
1: much feeling, right?
3: Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It's like you you'll never see that again in music uh, And I mean, I'm sure it'll come back around,
1: but I hope you're some. wrong I hope you're wrong right because <laughs> music is taking a dip right it's taking a, a huge dive right commercial exactly yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so is, is, is music your first love? Like, uh, like how, how long have you been doing music? Like what, what do you, what, what would you say? I mean,
3: have you been playing very long or, or... tell me? About yeah, absolutely. So my, um, my first fiance went straight out of high school. Uh, that was 20 years ago, man. She, uh, wow. she, yeah, she bought me my first, uh, electric and acoustic guitars. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I always wanted to fiddle with them. I always wanted to play with them, but it wasn't until my kid uh, was born and my financial status was asked that I was, you know, it was like time to do something with it. And so, sure, monetize uh, it, right? Yeah, so yeah, I man. had to monetize it, but but I also didn't know how to play. So mm-hmm. there was that. Um, so I had to teach myself how to play, you know, guitar, how to produce music, how to, um, you know, being a fan of music, loving music, knowing how to sing, but not really knowing how to put it all together, I literally had to start from scratch. And uh, I got really good at it really quickly. And I would spend four to five hours a day, um, practicing guitar, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. figuring out um, my software that I would pirate through like LimeWire, you know. Mm-hmm. The good old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, old it Lime was a struggle to <laughs> LimeWire, yeah, you know. No, it was it was a cool uh, it was a cool experience back then, man. It was a, a lot of struggles that I had to go through to, to get to that point. But sure. music, for sure, was the start of it all for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really brought me out of my um, out of my comfort zone. Um, and then I had to teach you know take myself to play live. You know, I had to do started with open mic nights and uh, <clears throat> ended up turning into playing shows in Atlanta in front of you know three thousand people. And so mm-hmm. I've I've done a little bit of the all with the music, and so it was a really cool journey. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.
1: Eddie, do you find that uh, that that actually getting out of your comfort zone and 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 doing something that makes you uncomfortable helps you reach that next level? Right. It kind of. Oh no doubt. Doesn't it? Doesn't
3: it? Right? No doubt. Yeah, and
1: that's and that's that's what I find, man. Any endeavor that I that I you know I begin, It's like you reach a you reach a plateau, right? Where mm-hmm. you are where you are, and then in order to Exceed and excel man. You, you really have to do things that make you very uncomfortable, right? And that's that's a beautiful thing though There's a lot of it beauty is. there's a lot of beauty in the struggle, right? In the fight. 100%
3: mm-hmm. yeah when we talk in terms of growth and as individual growth, that's where it's all located It's sure. in that it's in that struggle. It's in the ugly moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah The in uncomfortableness the of it the all. pain and the pain for yeah. sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you're also you're also a photographer Right, right. I am. So when did you, when did you make that pivot, man? Like when, So when did you decide, okay, I'm going to try this photography thing. Let me pick up this camera and let me, let me take some images. So I've seen your images online. And I got to tell you, bro, phenomenal. Just pristine.
2: <laughs> Thank you, man.
1: Like you make very good use of negative space. And a lot of photographers, they, they, they miss that, right, is the negative space, right?
3: They do, They do. I always feel like most photographers focus on the wrong thing. Like, you have a subject, but your subject isn't your only subject, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, they're surrounded by beautiful scenery or beautiful things, and I highlight as much of it as I can. And I think my approach to photography, so to answer your question, uh, it was about a year after I started my band, maybe almost two and I was teaching myself Photoshop and how to be a graphic designer because, of course, I was trying every which way to make a side hustle through my creativity. Sure, sure, sure. Um, when I realized that I could be my own campaign manager and my own graphic artist and do it all myself, uh, I realized that photography was just so important. I was looking at all these magazines and I would look at, um, you know, ads on on the internet at the time and that was like damn like their images are just badass I gotta get to that level and of course I didn't have any money right so best way to do it is just figure out how are you are gonna do it yourself and so I became my own photographer for myself initially and I used myself as a as a as the guinea pig I guess you could say right, right. and um, I went to the pawn shop uh, during tax season one day and I was like you know what I gotta I gotta get some music equipment well I went in there to get some music equipment but I saw this badass like, Sony A100, this is, like, top of the line at the time, uh, Sony camera, DSLR camera, and I was just like, that is a badass camera, and so I asked to see it, and I played with it and shop a little bit, and the pictures that it just automatically took without any editing was just unbelievable so i was like this motherfucker's got to come home with so me you now
1: so this was digital still right this was in, in, the, in the in the film age it's still
3: like digital camera correct it, absolutely okay. yeah absolutely okay. and, and right. so it was just it was you know i would have gone with film but for, for money and time and yeah, digital was just the way to go sure sure and so um <clears throat> yeah and so that was my first one and i actually started getting really really good at photography really quickly and what i realized is what what separates photographers from creative photographers is the editing style that goes into it, right? The ability to, to make a picture look like a painting was everything. And so that's kind of how I took my approach and my thought process behind my photography was treat it more like an art rather than just um, a photograph, rather than just taking a photograph, think about it as creating a painting. So
1: uh-huh.
3: all of my editing style came from Uh, my artistic brain, where it was just like, okay, I'm going to look at this like actually painting. So I would take tools to highlight like maybe eyes or streaks of hair. And, you know, and it really got detail oriented at at that point. And so so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a side hustle. Uh, I was kind of in this town in Columbus, I was trying to be like a photographer before the explosion of photographers happened, because I knew that as soon as people were going to get Privy to the fact that hey i can buy a dslr and just start a ph- photography company mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i wanted to kind of be ahead of the curve there were two uh, really professional photographers in town but that was it mm. that were really had a name for themselves at the time and so i jumped in and i was just like screw it i'm gonna, you, you, I'm gonna you wanna shout them out you could shout them out you want to shout them out yeah yeah so one is john Pyle, and he uh he does uh like sports and high school photography and senior portraits very well known for senior portraits and then we have Richie White, who, uh, is just a beautiful portrait photographer and he, you know, he, they all focus on the higher end. Also, they were, their clientele was just the more, um, you know, they were the richer clientele in the city. And so my, I was like, you know, this is an opportunity for me to actually be the affordable photographer, but also give awesome quality as well. Right. Right. So it kind of gave me the edge of building a quick following. Um, And so I did. And then I wanted to keep everything Modest Roots to me, the name, I wanted it to be kind of like the hub and the movement of creativity, not only for myself, but everybody that I would involve with me throughout the years. I knew it was going to be something big. And so the mod brand was very important to me, um, the MOD brand. And so I I said, you know what, I'm just going to call my photography company Modography. People are going to have to adjust because they'll get it over time. I didn't have... Didn't really want to explain it. I sure. just was going to sure. make it happen.
1: Yeah, and you know, you do that branding, and you make a name for yourself. Then it's recognizable, right? And that's, yeah, that's, that's for
3: amazing. sure. And I knew it was going to take a while, right? Like anything, sure. branding. Branding takes a minute, and uh-huh. so uh, I just figured, you know, if I keep doing it um, confidently, if I keep believing in it, then everybody else is already going to know over time that that's just who I am. Sure. And they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it, and yeah. either way, I don't care. Um, and so, modography was born, and then I had Modest Roots, modography, and that was that was that level of um, creativity at that point.
1: All right. So uh, that you so okay. So when did the music, right, um, uh, uh, Modest Roots and mm-hmm. modography, when did that culminate and influence the creation of Mod Atlas Media? When did you decide you wanted to take it to the next level?
3: Yeah. So that took literally about ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I had to, uh, with the music, I realized if, I, if I'm really going to take a brand to the next level, you have to remember, I, we're talking about building a brand on a budget. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of big, big brands or brands that are um, notable, they either had to put years of work in or they were fortunate enough to be funded by somebody with money and that's just any brand and that's just the reality of it the what i realized what i always try to encourage and push people who always saw what i did uh, it was very important for people to understand the the game of patience and loving the hustle yeah those are the two things in my recipe that you absolutely, absolutely need to build something that you are really passionate about. Uh-huh. And it also determines whether it's really what you love to do or if it's something that you're just going to be like, this is cool for now, but in five years, I don't see myself doing it anymore.
1: So, I, you know, I think it's very important that you have to understand that when you're, when you're making something from scratch, right? When you right. create something, you have to incubate that, right? It's kind of like um, like a woman carrying a child, right? It hurts, yes, it hurts and it gets heavy. And sometimes Absolutely. it sucks. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you wish you weren't doing it, right? That's right. And there's going to it's going to be painful, but in the end, if you wait in 9 months, 10 years, however long it takes,
3: you've got be right. a beautiful
1: creation at the end, right?
3: And that's exactly how I look at everything that I do. I look at it as a baby, right. like I look at it. From I mean, not that, that we the...
1: know anything about it. We're men, right? I'm right, am right, right. <laughs> like, right,
3: and, and, same as thing, right? As respectfully as I can say that, sure, right? With sure. it, with assuming just because obviously I'm a dad too, so knowing what uh, a mother has to go through. I can I can definitely equate that with my creativity, sure. Uh, because I, I definitely look at it that way, right? It, it's not only like the inception period where you're I look at it this way. You fall in love with something, you make love to it, you create it with love, and mm-hmm. it's created. Mm-hmm. Now you're nourishing and Now you like sure. you said, and then you have nine months and it's born. Well, now that it's born, what are you going to do with it? You have to maintain it, and you, you have to make sure it. that it's healthy. You it's feeding. Feed it. That's it. Yeah, man. you got to feed it. It's growing, That's and it. so. And so I always tell my, my entrepreneurs out there, too, uh, when you start a business, it's your infant. And it takes, you know, if you think about it in terms of humanity, too, how long does it take before a child actually starts to understand concepts? How long does it take for them to actually start speaking well? How long, you know, you, we're talking about five years. They already know how to walk, run, dance, you know, God forbid. I think that's then.
1: really dependent on how much, how much effort and how much time you spend with that
3: child or project right absolutely exactly the more you, if you neglect it, the more a more child you out, they're right? going to struggle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. It, it's the same thing so i equate every bit of art and creativity and business it, it ties perfectly into the concept of life and, and and nourishment and so a lot of people just don't look at it that way though right so i always try to incorporate that perspective so that they can really it's it's just like kind of teaching a dad how to be a dad or a mom how to be a mom Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I I definitely try to take that role, uh, while I give advice to anybody who's looking for it for sure. That's big stuff,
1: bro. That's big stuff. You're doing big things, bro. And you are I'm trying. Own, you are your own boss. I that am. Is a beautiful thing. So so, uh, did you always
3: know that you wanted to be your own boss? A hundred percent.
1: Okay. A hundred percent. Okay. All right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, man, I, I I'll tell you this when I was a kid. I was five years old I was born in LA and I, I was you know, we moved right before the riots got heavy mm. and um, I remember the Rodney
1: King thing, right? Is, that, is that Yeah,
3: so okay. Rodney King was the was the thing that that really raised attention But what a lot of people don't know is that the riots were actually hitting years before we left in 94 years before Ronnie King, right? So wow. um, but the riots the day we moved to Jersey we were taking a cab to LAX and there were cars flipped over everything was on fire our apartment complex caught fire like we lost neighbors like it, it was hot and heavy for a hot minute mm. but the media attention finally grew when Ronnie king
1: what, 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 uh, what was the catalyst for all of that do you have any idea corrupt
3: yeah, it was a corrupt uh, police um, system back LAPD, then. And so, huh? LAPD was That's so racist. Funny, back my then. guy.
1: Okay, so play back this episode because I got a story about LAPD that you haven't heard yet. We've recorded oh, this interview a little bit before the podcast, but I've got one for you. Yeah, it's a uh, it's crazy stuff, brother. Anyway, go ahead, continue, please.
3: Yeah, no, uh, but I, I say all that because I remember being at that time in my life where, at five years old. I would look at my mom and I would say, you know, what, I don't know what I was. This is me at five. I re- specifically remember saying this, something like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do when I grow up. I just know that I was put on this planet to do something big." Uh-huh. And my mother would laugh and she'd be like, "Oh, you just have Hollywood syndrome, like blah blah blah." Um, but seriously, <laughs> man, it was it was this gut feeling uh, that I've had my entire life, and I tried the whole systemic shit of trying to go to college, getting a good job, getting my education, you know, working for the man. And I'll be honest, it's just not for me, bro. It's tough, brother. I'm out out here,
1: I'm proletariat and I'm out here doing it, brother. And it's hard, my man. It's hard. It's hard, man. man. I feel you. I feel you on that. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, what would you say, what would you say were your major obstacles, um, in becoming an entrepreneur? And, and, uh, what advice would you give, um, and someone that's an up and coming entrepreneur somebody that wants
3: to be their own boss man the major obstacles that i would face as an entrepreneur today hmm. for me right now, now is now being, given
1: you started 10 years ago right so i mean it's a little different a decade ago than it is now
3: right but absolutely right. absolutely it was a completely different different world see i didn't start my business until 2019 so i was I was working in the uh, restaurant industry all of these things that i did were a side gig okay but uh, i i also they were i saved a side gig but they were full-time jobs i never slept right so um but it was definitely easier because we were in a completely different country at that time Mm. and so it's different for me because i'm very i'm very much an unfiltered version of myself always have been and through my growth Uh, My personal growth. I've always been outspoken online about how I, you know, I I always just take this common sense approach to everything. And I had to realize over the years that not everybody has or shares common sense. So it. Common
1: sense ain't so common,
3: is it? It's really not. It's really not. It's really not. And when I started my business in 2019, uh, it, was right, it was right before COVID hit, and it was perfect because I wanted to be a social media marketing manager for small businesses who needed social media, mm-hmm. uh, and it worked. It worked very well for the first year. Then, smart presidency just took a whole nother level. And You know I'm about to bleep that out, right?
1: Because we don't speak that name on this pod, but go ahead. <laughs> heard. Heard. Yeah. Uh, Tito No Bambito. more publicity uh, for this guy, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> my god yeah dude and and something about 2020 uh when you live in social media the way i do when you are in every single app you get to read every single comment you get to you know TikTok was uh was such a vital implementation of society that people don't realize it was such a it played a major factor in biden's presidency it played a major factor in politics in eye-opening discussions about the history of america the reality i mean the I was in every single app watching where we are today unfold. Yeah. And I can't tell you the the impact that that had on me, uh, especially as a businessman, right? So here we are in a country where they stress, you got to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. (laughs) But but if you do it in the wrong way and you don't pander to the right people, then fuck your business. Right, right, right. And that was the biggest obstacle for me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm you know and and so i'm here i am being a a minority uh entrepreneur outspoken activist in the bible Belt. right (laughs) you know and then all of a sudden people who've known me for 25 years are like i can't believe you say this about white people i can't believe you have this outlook about humanity and i'm like i'm sorry what?"
1: you know it's really a common sense approach man i mean you look around and you see what's going on around you right and that's what it
3: is I feel like I've always had the recipe, like, quote, unquote, the recipe for success, right? Okay. Uh, A lot of it has to do with mindset. It it all has to do with mindset, to be honest. But there are some things that people need to implement that they don't. Uh, And I speak from experience, um, from watching so many who have great ideas, have a great platform, but then just quit, right? Sure. Because they don't implement. The specific things like the specific recipe and it really is about implementing consistency Mm -hmm. having self-awareness discipline and confidence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that those things all put together are just so important you like really just do it it's not faking it you're just doing it and then you do the motions you know and then eventually discipline confidence implement yeah consistency self-awareness uh discipline and confidence Those four things yeah. yeah yeah you know you have to do it every day you have to do it multiple mm-hmm. times a day you have to make time for it you have to have self-awareness you have to be able to figure. with self awareness it's so important um, it, it's so beneficial it helps you determine if you're are in it to win it or if you are in it for the wrong reasons sure you know what I mean sure. and and you have to be very honest with yourself right uh, about it too, right? Because there's gonna be a point where you're gonna be like this feels like work and it sucks now Granted it is
1: all work. It's going to at times. It's and it's going yeah. to
3: at times, right? Of course,
1: um, and but that, you have to, that goes you back have to, to the, the uncomfortable to part of it, right? The part that sucks a little bit, right? Sometimes
3: you have to push through Absolutely, you know? absolutely but you know if you love what you do then work becomes not work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and and when you realize the self awareness part also helps you understand the the, the long term goal of it all. Sure, you know, and the self awareness part also helps you determine whether you're going to be in it for the right reasons or not. I myself, see, I don't I don't resonate for a lot of business people um, or entrepreneurs going into business because I don't do it for the money. Okay, um, we all are in it for the money. That is the no brainer. But if that was all i was in it for it my business would fucking flunk it would fail sure 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 in a heartbeat when you do it just for the money then you're not really giving a shit about giving to others and doing it, it for others you gotta love it yeah, yeah you, you know and you. if you're in a when you're in a business you're in a business that means that you are um your servant not in you know like So. so not in, so c.s C-
1: C- C- lewis had a quote and this is one of my favorite authors he said um do what makes you come alive, because what mm. the world is missing is people that are alive, right? And I'm sure I screwed the quote up pretty bad right there, right? But you get the gist of it, okay. right?
3: Yeah, but you it's true.
1: Right in front of me, right. Um, so I, uh, another question for you: how 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 would you define social media marketing, right? Because it's a very hard concept for me to wrap my head around, right? And mm-hmm. also, do you think that social media marketing would ever Just replace traditional advertising?
3: Man. So social media marketing is yesterday's word of mouth on steroids. Okay. It has already replaced traditional advertising. Blew my
1: mind with that. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. (laughs) Speak on it, brother. Speak on it.
3: TV, traditional radio, and print ads are dead, man. Mm. Now, depending on your target client, right? If you're targeting the elderly, well. Uh, then you may luck out with a few TV ads or newspapers that run at like 3 in the morning and newspapers found in like IHOPs, right? Or things like that. (laughs) But today... (laughs) But today, man, you have to have social media. It's not even uh, about lead generation. You just have to have it. You have to have a presence in social media that matches the power of your business. And think about it this way. Even people who... Even billboards today, right? And I see it in this market. People spend thousands on billboards. But here's the problem if you don't have social media. You see a lawyer and it says, Chris Johnson, attorney at law, will fight for you. All right, cool. Let me see if I can find him on Facebook or whatever Uh, platform I'm on. Right, right, right. If you're not on social media, that billboard (laughs) doesn't matter.
1: So let me tell you something crazy here, right? (laughs) and, And I know this is illegal, but when people are driving down the street... They're not looking up at the billboards. They're looking down at their phone while they're
0: driving,
3: right? So, exactly. A hundred. Everybody's
1: texting or scrolling Everybody while they're driving.
3: Everybody's texting or scrolling. A man uh, at a red light, especially.
1: And I don't, right. I don't. I don't condone this. Like, do not text. No, or drive. no, but it
3: we're, we have to be real, drive, right? But
1: this is what happens.
3: Right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be real. I mean, literally, think about driving down the street and you see this billboard with the damn. What nine digit number? Are you really gonna like take the time to t- whip out your pen and Do you have write down that? a nine? Right. No, that's that's more dangerous
1: than scrolling your phone, right? <laughs>
3: absolutely, dude. I'm telling you, absolutely. So the yeah. so now I get. I love the idea of the billboard because if you all of a sudden see a Facebook ad or something on Instagram come up, you're like, oh, dude, I saw that dude's billboard. Mm-hmm. It almost works in reverse, right? you see what right, I'm saying so right, it's right, like right. oh okay the awareness now I see this guy and you know I see that but the 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 can what the what normal business people have the concept of a billboard is not the case in today's society sure you know so it, it's you have to think about the macro in reverse and just understand that social media is where it's at right now right and so uh and and if you don't have money for ads, then you better be posting a hundred sixty to a hundred times a day on every platform right to so be relevant
1: it, so do you 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 post for your different clients is that how this works is it i mean i'm I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around how um how how this works yeah okay so how many how many clients would you say that you represent
3: so I represent forty
1: mm mm-hmm. okay okay
3: um, right now and so a lot of them uh, depend they're all their contracts look all completely different I do a lot of different things for a lot of different and you ones tailor them for their needs I'm sure right? for sure okay. for sure but one thing that I, I do uh, constantly is whether we have a contract for photography videography no matter what they do I'm going to blast their business on my Instagram stories Facebook yeah. stories Twitter's you know fleets when fleets were still a thing sure. Um LinkedIn so you know I use every platform from Facebook to Pinterest um, and so it, it's just what you have to do and you have to kill it on every platform mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise busy, I'm sure huh oh my god it's non-stop yeah, you're it's non huh? yeah but I here's guy. the thing <laughs> yeah here's the here's the cool part about it because it's not gonna be a for everything for me right now um, mod atlas media I um, And this is going to kind of segue back into your previous question of where mod atlas media finally became yeah uh i realized that in terms of growth for myself as an entrepreneur i wanted to not just be a businessman i needed to take my the brand of christian ortiz and truly brand it now i i come with experience right Mm -hmm. um now i come with uh years of working in every type of industry knowing what works what doesn't work sure you know um i don't come with the with the concept or the to be able to say my company's worth 3.2 million dollars because i'm not in it for the money Uh i'm in it because i'm trying to reformulate and rebrand society Uh in the mindset of what business and entrepreneurship is really about Right. And so if I can help people open their eyes to not pressure themselves in being a million-dollar business within a year and just focus on being fucking happy, on doing what you love to do, then I'm successful. There's something to
1: be said about being content, right?
3: 100%. Um,
1: success is a monster, bro. It's a monster, bro. And, and, and I heard this recently. If you, if you talk to Jay-Z, if you talk mm. to Bill Gates, right, mm-hmm. and you ask them if they're successful enough – What do you think their answer will be? No. Mm. No. No, they're not. You never stop chasing that. And that's That's a painful thing that you realize that early on, right? Yes. Um, And I I admire you for that. I I really do. And I have the the utmost respect for you, right? And I admire your integrity when you do business, right? Um, But I, I do have a question. How difficult is it? To have scruples and to like maintain moral and ethical compass when you're doing business, man. Because I mean, I mean, I know sometimes. I mean, there's got to be a time where you're like, well, I need the money, but ah, uh, you know, <laughs> fuck this guy, right? I mean, wh- wh- how-, how often do you come across that?
3: Every day. Wow. Every day. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm probably one of the poorest businessmen you'll ever meet financially. And I'm okay to say that. I'm okay to say that. Because I think you're here's being the modest. deal. I think you're being modest, right? Now. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I pay my bills, thankfully. I okay. pay my bills. I'll All say right. that. But okay. um, but it, it's the unpopular approach and the unpopular message that I deliver. And that's, that's it exactly. But here's the thing, man. You're talking to somebody who's been homeless for a year. Uh-huh. You've talked to somebody who's grown up in poverty and who's suffered um, uh-huh. through a lot and didn't have much in life. So yeah. I can I can be okay with very little. Yeah, you know what I mean. You and wanna, and not... but you can right? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> right, nobody right. wants to like right, fuck that. Right. Like I I never want to go backwards. That's not what I'm saying. I'm sure. Um, but I'm okay with doing the very most for the. For just enough you know and and I'm okay with that because here's the here's the thing I do have the goals of breaking a mill breaking multiple mill Mm -hmm. I you know I want to be a force in in the industry but it's not the it's not my main driver so I have to be able to help entrepreneurs understand it's like a marriage okay if you marry somebody Let's say you and I, we've come from struggle. Mm-hmm. We've known poverty. We've known...
1: Yes. The answer is yes. Where's the ring? Right. Yes. Right. The answer is and yes. I love you. Yeah. And I will marry you. Christian is you here. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> well, I'm so glad that that worked out as easy as it did.
0: <laughs>
3: you thought it was going to be hard. No, man. Man. <laughs> 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 Thank God, man. Well, I guess the interview's over now. <laughs> Where's the honeymoon? <laughs> I'll, see you, I'll see you in eight hours, boo. Can't wait uh, to consummate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But no, but you feel me, man. It's like you yeah, it come from a world of, of that of that you know struggle, and then you marry somebody who has no idea what it's like. Yeah. By the time that you, as a couple, meet challenges, financial struggle, any struggle. Yeah. That partner crumbles.
0: Yep.
3: Right? And then now the failures become financially motivated. Mm-hmm. And now you realize that the relationship was never built on for better or worse. It was um, built for you can provide for me or I can provide for you. I feel that. And so it's the same thing with the business concept. When here I come as an entrepreneur trying to say, well, guys, just don't, you like, we all do it for the money, but don't do it for the money. Right? It's. Mm-hmm. It's not your motivator. You have to be able to muster the suck. Be patient. If it sucks for 10 fucking years, it's going to suck for 10 fucking years. But grow. Grow and figure out the details. Figure out what you need to figure out so that when the time comes and you're starting and you're ready to start swinging, you're going to knock it out. Consistency you know?
1: and perseverance, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're essential. I'm telling
3: it, you. It's, it's every day, and it's never going to be overnight.
1: So are are there are there like are there business opportunities or deals that you had to pass on because your core values like don't align with whatever business you're you're um, you're dealing with? Oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah. See man, I could have been a corporate photographer for a lot of the multi-million dollar companies here. Mm-hmm. Um and when they see my Instagram and they see, "Oh wow, he's got 20,000 followers." Then they watch one video of mine where I'm saying, you know, Fuck this, fuck that. Voicing my opinion about racism, then I become controversial. Uh They don't want any part of that. Right. What they, what I, what I've had to come and realize to talk with clients right off the bat and say, hey, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, I can differentiate. I can keep my my Christian Ortiz is just that's my brand. Mod Atlas Media, that's business. It's only business. And so, if you have an issue doing business with me as Christian Ortiz. And that's fine, but just know that I'm not gonna water myself down, right? I know I'm as subtle as a glass of whiskey, but I'm not gonna add some ice to myself just to, to <laughs> behoove your white supremacy. Like I'm, that's just not who I am. I love the metaphor, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm hard as fuck to take down, bro. But it makes you feel good at the end, and that's yeah. just what, that's what it's about. And yeah. so. Uh, I stick to it, and I realize that people eventually and don't get me wrong, dude, I have incredibly far right clients because yeah. they understand that I am who I am right. right and and I can respect that right as long um, as there's a mutual respect it's 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 okay right hundred percent a hundred percent yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of the, the, the line that I had to draw. You know, if if you if they come to me and say, hey man, green money is green money, it don't matter where it comes from, okay, cool. You know, if, if you can let me be me and I can let you be you, fine. Mm. You know, but eventually, you know what's really cool, what's happened too, is I've had a lot of conservative clients kind of uh, sneak stalk me, if you will, right. on social media. Mm. And over time, they actually would have conversations with me in person. And they would tell me, man. They were like, you know, I used to think you were a complete asshole online, and you actually make sense, and you actually helped me realize a lot of things. And so I've kind of helped people kind of see the light. Isn't, um,
1: isn't that how you get them every time, man, with logic?
3: It's it's exactly how you do isn't it, man.
1: empathy and logic. That's how you get them every fucking time.
3: Yeah. Well, they, they, they end up being confused because they see this – harsh message being delivered online and then they see me in person and I'm doing everything under the sun for their business and to help them grow. Mm-hmm. And then they don't really know how to feel. Mm-hmm. They're like, damn, he's saying some really.
1: That's why it's crazy- so important to extend love to everybody, man, regardless it is. of what your political views are, regardless of like religious views. Yeah. People are people, right?
3: Yeah. And, and My this views is the have way
1: I- over time. You know, I used to be. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it on this interview, but I used to be—I used to be a—I used
3: to be a cold piece, but yeah, you know, no, we all we all have been, man, and and then you know what? What I really what I had to realize was that every single one of us, every single one of us in this country, have never known a time without racism. Mm-hmm. We've never none of us have been ever taught proper education. We were all force-fed the same garbage education, misled education you know, about the history of this country, the way politics works. We were never taught how it works. You know, so there were a lot of, what it ended up being was our life circumstance, the way it translated mixed with our um, education and how we determined we were going to live the rest of our lives using what what we were given. And when I realized that, I could look at somebody who just doesn't make complete sense at all. From the you know from the Republican Party, and I could literally say, you know what, man, I get why they're that way. And yeah. when you can understand it, then it helps you better cope with it.
1: Now, let's don't leave out the uh, the 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 neoliberals either, right? Because I mean, they got the game fucked up as well, right? They so, do. I mean, let No, you know, they they absolutely. Both sides do. are. Uh, that's, we're going to save that for another interview. <laughs> yeah, no, but, <laughs> we're going to save that for a completely interview. You're absolutely right. Man. All right, and, and so. Uh, I I, another question I have for you, you came out with a film called Two Losses,
3: right? Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot. Okay,
1: you didn't forget. Stop that. (laughs) I did. (laughs) You filmed this on a zero dollar budget, my guy. I did, and I gotta tell you. I watched was it a it couple okay? of times. It was great. It was great. <laughs> it was great to be filmed on a $0 budget. It was fantastic. I can only imagine what you would have done with 100000 right?
3: Oh, man, thank you. Um,
1: but, but tell me about it, man. Pl- plug some things. What are you doing right now? I want to know what you're doing. You tell everybody out there what you have coming up, uh, what projects you're working on, what they could get involved in, what they could follow, um, what they could like. Shoot, bro. Go for
3: it. Shameless yeah man looks.
1: shameless plugs Sh-
3: shameless plugs i yes, love sir. it uh yeah so i filmed this movie man uh, two bosses came it was a it was birthed out of COVID.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: it uh it's broken four world records it was the first official film released during a global pandemic mm. um You're beautiful yeah i had no idea what the hell i was doing i just told uh reuben my brother i was like dude you want to film a movie he was like yeah so i was like cool so I wrote it, directed it. Um, I didn't have any plans for it. It was just all out of the air. And was, we've always wanted to do one, so we did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yo, shout
1: out to Ru. What's up, Ruben? I know you're <laughs> listening, bro. I love you, bro.
3: My bro. That's yeah, why it's so man.
1: tasty. He'll know, uh,
3: this... <laughs> He'll know what I'm talking about. He'll know what I'm talking about. Yes, man. So he yeah. he was a trooper, man, and we we did it, and it was it was amazing experience for sure. So I'm gonna. It's okay. So here's the shameless plug. It's actually part one of three movies. I'm I'm making a trilogy on a
1: zero dollar budget. Okay. Okay. Um,
3: yeah. So when you gonna give me
1: a cameo, bro? I want to know. I'm try, I'm trying to figure that one out, bro.
3: You're gonna be in the second one, bro. I'm
1: gonna smash it, my
3: guy. But you're gonna have you're gonna have the best character, bro. Like you, if, write me. You're in gonna. Your- Right, You're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right.
1: I'm I don't want to give anything that. away. I'm going to hold you, of you to that. You said it. It's on the air. All the Man. listeners, y'all heard that. If I'm not in the second film, <laughs>
3: <Cancel>
0: blow,
1: <me. laughs> blow up his DMs. Blow up his fucking DMs if I'm not in the second film. I'd be like, why did you not put Joey Dula in? I'll be canceled, bro. Nah, you no, know, but don't it's... cancel the guy. Come on, that's a little
3: extreme. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little extreme. <laughs> it's extreme. Hey, it's the times we live in, bro. It's all good. No, it. no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> don't do no, it. No, I'm
3: teasing. I'm yeah. teasing. No, but the yes, yeah, so I'm in the middle of writing Batman. Um, but right now, the main the main focus is uh, taking Mod Atlas to the next step. I'm also Became a co-founder of a company in uh, Denver, Colorado called uh, Locally Hype, So I'll be moving out there um, in a couple of months, hopefully. Word. Yeah, and they do basically their Mod Atlas on steroids, man, with the team. And, and the shout-out to CEO Ty um, Ty Hunt is just an amazing guy, dude. He's uh, he's killing it out there. You uh, know, how let like my
1: co-host when you get out there? How at like, like Roman Flux when you get out there? You said well, I will. What's, I'm what's, gonna what's, ab- I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. You said Ty Hunt?
3: Hi hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Hunt. If you follow uh locally hyped on Instagram right now and Facebook, we're all over the place too. So we hyped Y'all follow that. Locally, yeah, yeah, man. They're uh, there. My goal is to take them and, and blow them up as you know, once I get to Colorado, dude, you know, I'm doing this shit in in Columbus, Georgia, where nobody knows where I'm at. Imagine mm-hmm. if I'm in a place like Denver or Cali or something. You blow it up my guy. Yeah, man. So it now is, you know, with the businesses now under the belt, now the, uh, the number one priority always is to brand the Christian Ortiz brand and and really get people to know who I am. So now I'm focusing on telling micro stories of who I am, giving that that feedback and that um, you know all that those gold nuggets of advice to help entrepreneurs flourish, man, and really just flourish with a peace of mind rather than uh, the stress of financial gain. You That's know what I mean? Up. That's what's up. That's yeah,
1: what's up. you gotta love what you do, man.
3: You do. It's the number one most important thing. That's in life.
1: where happiness comes from, bro. Because you could, you could, you could chase money, you could chase success your entire life, and never have enough.
3: Absolutely, dude.
1: You gotta chase that happiness. Whatever makes yes, you happy, people, listen. Whatever makes you happy, this is what you do.
3: And if you, if everything makes you happy, chase everything. Do That's that. what I always tell people. Do that. Just do it. Yeah man. Like Nike. All right,
1: so I mean, <laughs> yo, yo, tell them, tell them, your Insta, tell them your, tell them your Facebook. L- l- mm-hmm. Let people know what do they need to follow as far as you goes, right? You know, give oh me, man, give me your personal joints. We're gonna put the, all we're right. gonna put all the links in in the in the podcast notes so everybody will see it, right? Um, and and, and they could follow, but yo, if, sure. give them something now.
3: Uh personal Facebook is uh, Christian Ortiz uh, forward slash or it's facebook.com forward slash modest roots. You can also follow Modest Roots on Facebook, Instagram as well. It's I am Modest Roots on Instagram. Uh, the real Christian Ortiz on Facebook, The real Christian Ortiz on Instagram, The real Christian Ortiz on TikTok. Uh, we've got Modest Roots on Twitter. We've got two bosses all over social media as well. Go watch the movie on YouTube. Uh, share it with your friends. It is rated R. Don't watch it in front of your little ones unless your little ones more than I do um, <laughs> uh, and then we have mod atlas media man which I would greatly appreciate the love and if anybody needs any shout outs on their business DM mod atlas media on Instagram it's mod underscore atlas underscore media uh, or mod atlas media on Facebook you guys like modatlasmedia.com.
1: <laughs> you guys like share and love this look up Two bosses The cerulean cut on YouTube Christian Ortiz, amazing human being, entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being on the pod, my guy. I love you. Send your brother some love. Uh, thank you so much for being the very first interview on the very first episode of Deaf Perspective. My absolute
3: pleasure, man. Thank you guy. so much for having me.
1: Absol- I hope to have you again soon. Um, Anytime. Yeah, man. Great conversation, dude.
3: Thank you, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate
1: it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Yes, sir. All right. Peace, bro. Bye.
2: So you know, um, I, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I've been reading uh, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," uh, the first novel by uh, the great Quentin Tarantino. Um, I mean, everybody knows the the story of Tarantino and and how he, you know, just revolutionized film. But the um, it's interesting because right now everybody in well all the conversation surrounding Tarantino <laughs> is that he's getting out of the movie business. He's got like. Ten and done. You know, he's gonna call yeah. it quits after after this next movie. Um which, you know, I think for most of us that love his films, it's you know, it's very unfortunate. So what's like, the, oh, what's, what's know, the next on.
1: film? Is there is there any leaks? As far he as doesn't
2: as far? well there there's there's talk of um, a kill bill two. There's even talk well, I, I don't even want to throw this out there. I, I heard I, I'll put it out there as a rumor.
0: I heard <laughs> um
2: Wait, there that yeah, they were two? talking about something in there a kill bill two already? Mm, well no no because Kill Bill is a two parter movie. Okay. Yeah, it's all
0: it's all one film. Okay,
2: as okay, as, as okay. Tarantino considers it uh one film. Okay. Um even though it was two films, I think they were released uh, one year after the other. No, I thought they were my, released my same time. Uh, for my memory Films, by the way, but go Really? He yeah, doesn't <laughs> like violence. He can't. Man, it's not it. that I don't
1: like violence, man. It's just like when it's gratuitous like that, bro, and it's like just completely.
0: Understood. That's what I came for. <laughs> <laughs> That's a literally gratuitous violence is what I came for. So, so um, did, did you like um? Did you like um? Hateful Eight?
1: I did. I did. Okay. This is the thing. I feel like um, I'm I'm more of a fan of uh, his dialogue and his plot.
2: Yeah. Development. Oh yeah, they, they, sure. They I concur his violence, right? Like. Mm. That's and 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 coming back to the dialogue, uh, it's exactly what I'm getting into. Well, I mean, it's not even when I'm reading the books, I was expecting to see a bit of dialogue, but it's interesting the way that he did it. I've I've only gotten two chapters down, um, and it's 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 I, I haven't read a novel in a little while most of my reading has been like either short stories or or something instructional you know yeah. um or, or you know something philosophical or something like that yeah, yeah. um i haven't sure. read a novel in a minute and uh, so this is this is fun picking up a novel and and and, and attempting to read it in the, uh, and i noticed you know the first chapter is a whole scene um with essentially the leonardo dicaprio character i feel like i can say that especially because the film was made before the before the book was made so the film was uh, released and then he went ahead and said okay i'm gonna write a book i'm gonna write the novelization of my own film and that's how i'm gonna mm-hmm. start writing books okay and okay. uh and so like when you're reading the character of uh, rick dalton that is leonardo dicaprio when you're reading about <clears> the <throat> Booth, that is you know uh brad pitt because they you know you've seen the movie we you know the movie and it's from the guy who made the movie and cast those people that in turn wrote this monologue inside this dude's head, you know what I mean? So it's all interconnected. It's 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 kind of creating for a more dyna- dynamic uh, experience, a reading experience, which I think is really cool. But the second chapter, um, so the first chapter is all this is just a little, little, uh, um, you know, conversation that this actor, cowboy actor Rick Dalton, is having with uh with an agent. Where uh, where's the second chapter? He start we start talking to the stunt double, uh, his stunt double and his stunt double, um. Like he paints the scene for like the for, for like five pages, and then immediately he goes into the mind of Cliff, and Cliff is talking about or not he's not talking to you, he's describing Cliff's um, thoughts and opinions about all these movies and actors. I mean, he just pages like like eighteen mm. like like just pages upon pages of 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 his opinion of. This film versus that film versus this director versus American cinema versus Japanese cinema, you know? Mm. And it, and I was like, ah, oh, this is where Tarantino's really uh getting to express just his thoughts. Just like yeah. rambling, mm. just like letting loose, mm-hmm. as opposed to like trying to create this dialogue experience for the viewer. Right.
1: It's a good read, though. Is that, is that, is that what you're saying? It's a good read?
2: It's, it's a good read. Have you finished? Um, it? it's, I've, I'm only two chapters in it. I think that... uh. It's it's diving into the subconscious of Tarantino, and I'm going to learn a lot about cinema. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, yeah. I'm done watching all those movies. I'll probably go back and watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, mm-hmm. knowing that Brad Pitt thinks these things about these actors and these right. and these parts of of Hollywood. I think it's going to be a much more rich experience. Word. But that's me, no. nerd fanboy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so going <laughs> that deep into it.
1: I'm about I'm about halfway through um, a book called panther vision Are you guys familiar with this panther vision
2: I never
0: uh, heard of it. panther vision
1: yes a book called panther vision um, it's written by Kevin Rashid Johnson and he's actually um he's incarcerated um, but he's the minister of defense for the new African black panther party prison chapter right mmm um, and this this book is um it's about 500 pages I'm about halfway through um, but it's really revolutionary stuff. If you haven't read it, um, I, I, yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. Um, dive into it.
0: Um, okay. Right yeah, now, I'm, I'm going to write that down.
1: Right now, I'm in a, I'm in a segment where, um, he's, he's really shitting on Ronald Reagan. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we're talking, about, we're talking about the crack era and, uh, and how, um, the Crips and the Bloods, um, were infiltrated. Um, by, uh, by yeah, the, yeah, by the CIA and giving crack cocaine to poison the hood and to uh, and to fund the uh, the Contras.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was just telling my, my wife about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's man, it's really, it's really, uh, really, really evil shit, and I don't understand. And it's another thing I don't get, right? Why the fuck do people romanticize Ronald Reagan? He was such a fucking piece. He was such a bad president, man. A bad person altogether, bro. That. Like I don't, I don't get it i don't
0: understand i think i think it's i think it's like what we were talking about earlier the naivete of believing all the propaganda of the machine that you know the system is good the system is working and it's just um it's just ignorance it's just ignorance and you know like there are genuinely good people good warm you know christian americans who genuinely believe shit like you know, Ronald Reagan was an awesome president, but it's at what point do at what point do you have to take responsibility for your own education?
1: I think, I think you know, honestly, I think that there's I think that there's a lot of people that uh, that will call themselves um, good Christian people that are okay with oppression, that are okay with hmm. being able to keep the things yeah. and the comfort that they have in life and know damn well that uh, black people are being oppressed or minorities or immigrants are being oppressed and uh, working for for wages that they could hardly even live off of, they're okay with that as long as they get to keep their status and where they are, right? Um,
2: I think also a lot of those people don't believe in the struggle. They don't think it's real. They they think that everybody who's in poverty are self-impoverished. They think. Yeah. Oh. Um. You know. Uh, I. Again, though. When how I, you, yeah,
1: again, though. How could you possibly think that when all the evidence is around you?
2: Robbie Everybody is... is
1: telling you this shit, right? Everybody.
2: Well. Everything. I think, I think that 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 experience speaks louder than argument and 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 whatnot. And I think that in my experience. Um. You know. I came. Uh. To Denver. I got. You know. I, I. 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 struggled a little bit, but I. Uh. But I got a pretty. Uh. Pretty decent thing going, and just seeing what i've been able to accomplish with the little effort because it was available and i'm not white. you know what i mean so yeah. it, i think i think that you know if you could imagine like and i'm not trying to you know justify anything i'm just saying think, that i, I, I think um, i
1: think more times than not that's not even the case man i don't, I don't think i don't think it's it's not because that they don't believe that the struggle is real think it's I think it's, well, the, I, think it's the, I think I think it's the fact that they don't give a damn that the struggle is real because they're not
0: struggling yeah yeah you don't they have to have give a damn. That.
1: and it's not, it's I mean, not that it's not that they, they they really really honestly believe that racism doesn't exist they but when just you know say, that if they have if they have to admit that then that would require them giving up a little bit of comfort
2: yeah are you're, you're forgetting that a big part of belief is make believe you know, um, like choosing to um, uh, create a story and then mm. choosing to believe in it. You know what I mean? I think that right. like a lot of these people are very well aware of struggle and poverty and everything like that, but then they come up with um, a justification, a counter-argument. They go, yeah, right. you know, um, mm. they could just go mm. get a job. Why don't they just? Why don't they just go work at this place? Why don't they go work at the post office? What's and the so matter? With that? Why don't they go get I, a job at? You know. I, I don't I don't have
0: I don't have time or, or energy to educate motherfuckers who are like that. Like you're you're just in the way of progress. Like that's what I'm saying. At, at what point do you are you responsible for your own ignorance, for your own shitty view? Because you are you're making yourself an enemy. Exactly. By sta- by standing in the way of this progress, you're making yourself an enemy. And I don't want to see you or treat you as an enemy but you, you are, you're actively being an enemy by not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why isn't the fucking. Mm-hmm. No, why is the fuck up, bro? Yeah. Right. If
1: you're not with it, you're against it. I mean, and that's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. That's the bottom line, man. Um, I sent a song by Sue George. Have you guys heard of Sue George until today?
0: Not until this morning, man.
1: Raph, are you familiar with uh, Sue George?
2: Sue George.
1: Yeah, the song I no. sent you. The one, that, the one that you listen to on YouTube.
2: Oh! Yeah! You never no, I don't know. I don't know the artist. So, no, so, um, uh,
1: you know, you know who Wes Anderson is, right? Certainly, you know who
2: Wes Anderson. Absolutely, is. yeah. Okay, so you, you remember? Is he? Do you know who is? Wes Anderson is? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. You, you know. Those don't know, don't know uh, Joey, why don't you let let the people know Okay, if so they don't the, know. The
1: fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest uh, Hotel, uh, The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, he's he's a, he's an amazing filmmaker.
2: Rushmore, Rushmore. Life Aquatic, yeah, um, yeah, just you can't list goes on
1: yeah you really you really can't um when you see when you see a work by wes anderson you know it's wes anderson like nobody absolutely nobody does what he does right so in the film Mm -hmm. the life aquatic um uh sue george was one of the actors he was the guy that was playing okay and singing right and uh he he actually was on the boat right um and uh I think just recently, I was talking to a friend about Wes Anderson, and uh, she was telling me how uh, she was listening to Sue George, so I looked him up, and man, I gotta tell you, and I don't know what the hell he's saying, because he's, he's singing in, I think, Portuguese and French, right, um, depending mm-hmm. on what song, but the vibes are fucking real, bro, like it yeah. just, the mood, is, he's a whole fucking mood, I'm just gonna say that, so if you guys yeah. are familiar with Sue George's S E U. J O R G E, I think. i my spelling incorrect on that. Mm-hmm. But a um, phenomenal artist.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Phenomenal artist. Definitely check him out. Right. Yeah. Definitely check S E U J
0: O R G E. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Or is it, or is it Jorge? Because he's. Uh...
2: It's probably Jorge. Probably I was thinking Jorge, that too. Probably Jorge. <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me
0: for. Jorge. Yeah, Jorge. Jorge. Probably. listen to it when I played it, I was. Man, it's I. You gotta imagine. I got the mountains in the background and looking all misty. It's light rain here in Arizona. Yeah. Put put on that fucking Sue Jorge, and I was like, man, this shit. Did look like, this yeah. fuck, like, is it? It really touched me to my roots. I was like, this is this is really fucking astounding music. Yeah. So you yeah, know, the, it's the,
1: the it's, album. The album, uh, specifically, um, that, that that I'm really enjoying right now is called uh, "Musica para Churrasco," which is a uh, mm-hmm. music for barbecues i think if, mm. if my right. translation is right <laughs> but yeah there's a volume one and a volume two i'm listening to volume one right now and it's a uh,
2: it's kind of my vibe right now yeah yeah that's what's up it reminded me of uh back back in the day we uh we used to jam that august day song by Gilberto. i was just listening to that like I'm yesterday
1: with this. what is this august day
2: Okay, so um, Luis turned me on to it, but you know, um, you have Astrud, Astrud Gilberto, you know, Bossa Nova legend, and then the daughter, uh, Bebel Gilberto, uh, okay. has gone on to become, you know, kind of a modern Bossa Nova legend, you know. Okay. okay.
0: Icon. Um, wait, wait, wait. You, what's what's the uh what's the man's name again? What's the father's
2: name? Uh, Astrud. Uh, a s t r u d. And I was hesitating assigning gender because I wasn't sure <laughs> if it was the father or the mother. I think it's so father.
1: <laughs> I see. I see a August Day song by Bebel Gilberto, but I, I can't. I can't find um, the, the,
2: the. Well, Bebel Gilberto <laughs> is the one that did the <laughs> August Day song, and oh, okay. she did it in okay. two thousand and one. All right, let me. Um, so it's not like a modern B- bossa nova song, but that's okay. Oh my gosh, that was my favorite song for like yeah. ever, it's and jam, it's always huh? the song that I fantasized about, like. Like leaving, like when I was living in Georgia and I was thinking, oh, you know, just one day I'm going to, you know, get and have a vehicle and I'm just going to be driving off with all my stuff packed in my vehicle. Mm -hmm. I thought that back in the day, uh, I imagined it being raining, you know, around us, you know, because Georgia had them great thunderstorms. So it's raining and I'm and I'm and I'm leaving. I got all my stuff in my car. And uh, that song is playing. I don't, we, uh, do we, I, don't
1: song. I don't even know what rain is anymore. It's like we don't even. Uh, <laughs> this shit, it'll literally like we'll we'll get like a sprinkle. We'll get like one sprinkle uh, during the fall or the winter. You know, or maybe there'll be like a week where it just rains a little bit every day. But it, you can't yeah. even call it rain, man. Um, oh damn, man. Yeah, and for for those of you that don't know, and I, I'm 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 surprised that no one's brought this up yet. Um, the, uh, so so uh, me flux. And Izzy um, are all members of a hip-hop crew called Forbidden Dialect. If you guys haven't heard of Forbidden Dialect, you can look us up on any uh, any platform. Um, we haven't recorded anything yeah, in a very honest. long time. But um, it may be a surprise to some of you that we listen to quite a bit more than hip-hop. But yeah, this um, mm. August day.
2: Okay, That's August so day funny. I thought, I thought when you were saying, um, oh, uh, I'm surprised has brought this up. Me. Me. Uh, Flux and Izzy, I thought you were gonna say uh, are all in different locations.
1: Oh well that's too. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna say too. That's where I thought you were going with that. Yeah, well from you know, from from Denver to Tucson to Oakland, California, man. That's where you know, we got
0: it
2: all yeah. We got it all yeah. live. It all live. As, as to to explain why we haven't recorded in quite some time. Right, right, right. That too. That's amongst it. other reasons yeah. we are in completely different states yeah. across the United States. For Back. sure.
1: For sure. So, what uh, is yeah. what 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 music are you are you jamming right
0: now? What are you getting into, bro? Um, man, I have been on a complete UK kick. What? Okay. Complete oh, okay. UK. Um, yeah, so, yeah. talk um, about it. It's it's been some experimental um electronic shit. It's uh my favorite artist right now. It's this kid called Igloo Ghost. Igloo Ghost, look him up. It's uh. It's, it's weird music, man. It's, it's, it's definitely an acquired taste. It's not something to sit down and listen to and read a book to. It's not that. It's, okay. it's wild. It's hyperactive. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's really out there. Um, so his, his first album was uh, it's called Neo Wax Bloom. If you check him out, I suggest checking out that album first. You can kind of see his growth, but he just put an album out this year called um, Leyline Eon. Yeah, man, um, this kid, he is from he's from England, he's Scottish, um, real young guy, he's like 23, 24, <clears throat> but um, he got signed to Brain Feeder, which is Flying Lotuses record
2: label. Oh, okay, um, that's how you know, yes. that's how you know.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know. so he's, he's under he's under Fly Low, um, but after getting under Flying Lotuses record label, he started his own, so it's called Glue. And he signed uh, two other artists already, a, a girl, a producer and singer named Baby, and um, a producer named Kai Weston. Um, all three of them are British. So, um, real dope. It's experimental. It's, it's, it's not poppy, but it, it's definitely a trip. Definitely uh, something to take on some psychedelics. Mm-hmm. De- definitely psychedelic all right. music. all
2: right.
1: So okay, here, here, here's here's the thing. Have have any of you seen um, either one of you seen uh, what Legend of the Ten, Ten Rings? Have you seen that, Shang Chi? Oh yeah. You saw
2: oh, yeah. It, Raph? I'm I'm not allowed to not see a Marvel movie. Opening. Okay. Gazy, <laughs> <Is it, like, laughs> you have like seen, my. It, huh? no I haven't.
1: Okay, go ahead, Raph. What, I'm sorry. What you say?
2: So Legend of the Ten Rings, um, Shang Chi. I'm trying to get make sure I I get the name right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not Shang Chi. It's Shang Chi shang and they there's there's a joke in the movie okay. um where they're saying um you told me. that yeah well I haven't told the viewing audience that <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: right I was I was waiting on the joke What the fucking <laughs>
2: well the reason why I bring up the joke is because I feel like it's important for the sake of um t- having enough respect to pronounce the name correctly uh uh-huh. okay. yeah, t- t- it's like t- a t- mnemonic t- device t- is that I'm just
1: fucking um, up all kind of names today huh he says,
2: Jorge, no, it, it, well, yeah, I, it is. That's the thing is, I keep, I keep calling it Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, and I gotta call it shang Chi because that's that's the name. Um, he's he he had changed his name to Sean, and I'm and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not spoiling spoiler. I'm not spoiling anything really uh, important to the movie, but um, he had changed his name from shang Chi to uh, Sean uh, in the in the United States, and uh, they made fun of him for saying, oh, you know.'" You changed your name from Shong to Sean as a way of trying to hide, and I thought, "Oh, that's an easy way to remember how it's properly pronounced because right. it's just like Sean. Yeah. Mm. you know." So, um, so I, no,
1: uh, I, I, but, I bring but, this up Because I've I, I've got I've got a question for you, Izzy. Would, would you would you be willing to watch the film and we give it a, a critique next week?
0: Yeah, yeah, let's
1: wanna, do it. I
0: want to go see it. Right. Wait, so, is, oh is this on? Um, what uh what platform is this on? This What's is the the it's theaters,
2: called the movie theater. theater. Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go download I mean, like, your ass right into your yeah. car seat and drive I'm to the, the movies. I'm a millennial
0: bro. Shang Chi.
2: Shang Chi. Great.
1: Great pronunciation.
2: Okay. Yes, excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Shang Chi. So um guys. It's got Aquafina in it, by the way. Um I didn't realize that until I went to see it. Are y'all familiar with Aquafina? The actress of yeah. the Pepsi,
1: Pepsi product placement. What are we doing here? Is that another Pepsi ad that we're doing here?
2: Or what? No, Aquafina <laughs> is... Uh, is uh... Well, I know she is. Yeah. I'm fucking around. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I didn't know. I didn't know.
1: Everybody, we're wrapping it up. Um, Izzy's making y'all breakfast. He'll be at your house here soon. He's going to uh, drop it off. Um, I put that
2: provolone cheese in
0: the omelette. Izzy is
1: bringing every listener an omelette with provolone cheese.
0: Provolone Um, cheese.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Deaf Perspective. We are signing off. Thank you so much to Christian Ortiz for the interview. Uh, We'll be back with you guys next
2: week. Peace. Deuces. Adios.
1: Raph, uh, Roman Flux, Izzy the Lion, and Joey. Peace, y'all. So easy, they're gonna be expecting omelets. But
2: yeah. <laughs> I bet. Right. cool, cool. Yeah, we gotta have an omelet button for them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> click here
2: to get your. Fuck. It'd be like it'd be like click here to get the omelet. Talked about in the show, and yeah. then they click it and they'd be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like it. <laughs> first, the first twenty
1: to like, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're right, right, like, Click in record. order
2: to get the yeah, yeah. Just just, just <laughs> click that subscribe button to get have the omelets delivered promptly. <laughs> so.